You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. You are tuned in to Very Loose Women live on Resonance 104.4 FM or via the podcast. Unfortunately, Soy isn't in the studio with us today, which is such a shame because she has a food-based pun name. But um, she won't appreciate that. But Leo and Esther are here with me, and I am joined by my pals Jesse Baker, who is the founder of Provenance, and Anna Keeley, who was formerly adjunct func- uh, faculty at the University of Je- Gastronomic Sciences. Really difficult title to say there, Anna. Apologies. Um, so as first-time guests, uh, I should probably explain that we start every show by doing a celebration or a frustration, um, so something that's happened in your week. Leo, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I had trouble picking this week, actually. Um, But um, I mentioned last week that I signed up to go to a peer support group for anxiety and depression. And I went this morning and it was amazing. So I thoroughly encourage people to look up their local mind and get in touch with them because I had a great time. Yeah, right. which is an odd outcome of a anxiety support group. Yeah. How do, how do you find that? Because I'm guessing searching mind is. Yeah, so I emailed them saying like, what are the, like, what's on offer for? Because I've never done anything, uh, sort of apart from in a university context about my anxiety, and uh, they suggest like a bunch of counsellors. And I, as I mentioned last week, I'm not prepared to put any money into my mental health yet. Uh, so this is like a good uh, middle ground, I guess. Um, of uh, hearing other people's experiences. It was like being in a room full of me's. It was really strange. <laughs> I realized like so much of who I am is defined by anxiety and I hadn't even realized I had it until I was about 27. So it's really, it was really surprising. It was great. Esther? Um, so celebration for me would be get, finally getting my housemates together for some quiet time. So um, yeah, it was one of their birthdays. So we all went to All Points East on Sunday to see... Christine and the Queens. Oh, who I what? Thought, oh, yeah, I know. Ah, yeah. She, oh, my gosh. Who I hadn't seen live before, but they all had. Mm. And they were just like, this is going to be, oh you know, beyond your wildest. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a full meltdown right now. My, I actually got tickets from my girlfriend to go, like, right when we start, started going out. Um, oh. But I didn't actually directly buy the tickets. A friend of a friend bought them, and they were scammed. No! And I never had to pay, but I had all these hopes up that of going to a Christine and the Queens concert. It would have been, like, well, three years ago now. But I was so such devastated, shame. and we've never been oh. since. I'm oh. so jealous. And I was actually watching someone had Instagrammed the recent show that she did in London, which would have been the one you, you were at. And those, like, dance oh. groups are freaking insane. Yeah, I want to be a person that has a dance crew around me at all times. <laughs> that was my takeaway. Because what a squad. Yeah. Like, they just held each other up. Um, yeah, and she was just, she was absolutely brilliant. And it was mainly just nice to just be silly with them for a day. Maybe they could be your dance crew. That is such a good idea. Who gets mm. to be Chris, I mean, they, though? Oh, that's, I mean, we'd have to take turns. <laughs> How me. do you decide? It's me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not in your house, but I'm It coming. can't be me. It Whoever wakes me. up first gets to be her for the day. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to be me. So, yeah, that was great. Anna? Um, I'm a little worried that my celebration might immediately ruin all my foodie credibility, but I'll tell it mm. anyway. Um, on... Sunday, my boyfriend and I treated ourselves to a hotel in London. Um, and then I realized that you can actually order two simultaneous delivery orders at once. So we ordered Shake Shack burgers and Shake Shack milkshakes. But then I don't like Shake Shack fries. So then we got just fries delivered from Five Guys. <laughs> and then and one additional milkshake from Five Guys because I don't do a banana milkshake in Shake Shack. 
and like timing the orders so that they would arrive at the same time <laughs> and then having to go down to reception twice for two different delivery orders felt like the most decadent thing I've ever done. <laughs> in a hotel as well. Yeah. Very I'm inspired. Yeah. I'm really That's really inspired. great. Hotels <laughs> at Canary Wharf on the weekend are so cheap. It's insane. Really? Yeah. Little known fact. We do it all the time. What? what? Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they're like free. They're from like 400 pounds during the week to like 80 pounds. What? Wow. Yeah. And you get spa access. What? It's all about wellness. What a And tip. then eating burgers. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This is all going to go after our listeners like <laughs> yeah. subscribe on mass to this podcast to find tips like that. <laughs> my celebration is newfound hotels. Mm-hmm. Realization that I need a dance crew. Mm-hmm. Going to join that mind group. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah, being a great show. Yeah, I am. And frustration with the European elections. Can I make it serious? Yeah. That was a real bummer. Mm. Yeah. Just saying. But hey, we've got some solutions right here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my celebration is I'm super busy at the moment, which is not a celebration, and I was worried that I wasn't going to get to see my friends. And then I was like, oh, hey, do you guys want to come on the radio with me? And now I get to hang out with my pals and also make a radio show at the same time. So it's, yeah. It's a double bingo. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Two birds one stone. Yeah. It's great when you know people who are good for radio. (laughs) (laughs) And so actually the reason that tonight's show came about and the idea which we're going to be talking about the future of food is because Jesse and Anna were both involved in the V&A show that's just opened called Food Bigger Than the Plate. So, um, Anna, could you just tell us a little bit about the show? Yeah, of course. Um, So it's basically a pretty broad show all about food and a lot about the future of food, but it goes back and has some kind of historical context. And then probably the most interesting part of the show is that they got a ton of artists and designers to kind of do these very radical and interesting pieces based on maybe where we see food going or where food is right now. What were some of your favorite bits? Um, There was one really interesting piece that's a little depressing, but um, there was a woman who took the bones of chickens, factory farm chickens and um, organic grass, you know, fed chickens um, and made ceramics out of them. And let's just say the quality of the ceramics from the factory made chickens were not so great. But it was just an interesting like comment on quality. And yet it was kind of a beautiful piece. So it was compared to ceramics from chickens that weren't factory farmed as well to compare the two. Yeah, so the regular like free range chickens were like beautiful, smooth ceramics. And then the factory ones were all like broken and gritty. Mm. I'm amazed that like, that like the designer was a designer must have gone through so many like oh what should I do today type days to get to the point of I know chicken bone ceramics to them being like oh this is devastatingly different it's just the creation of that piece is yeah and it must have been amazing for the point that you probably she was trying to make from the get-go to actually be correct like it might have been kind of disappointing. She's like, turns out they both make equally good or bad ceramics. But it turns out the point she was trying to make was entirely correct. And Jesse, what were your what were your faves? I should oh, have said Jesse's piece so many was faves. my favorite. 
no. There were so many. <laughs> it's amazing you got around the whole thing. Uh, no, I, re- I really enjoyed it. It's a great exhibition. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm here because I am involved in the exhibition. So my company, Provenance, uh, was in it, which is, I think, quite rare for a software company to be in an exhibition at the V&A. So I feel particularly good about that. Do you want to explain what kind of software you make? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Segway. Um, so, yeah, I run Provenance. We work with brands, mostly in the food and drinks industry, uh, to help them make their supply chain and impact more transparent Um, so what that means is we essentially help brands to gather data from their supply chains about the producers that make that make their products and what kind of impact they have on people and the environment uh, and bring that information to us uh, the the end consumer um, through either e-commerce sites um, or social and all other kinds of places that you might find that kind of information so we're kind of trying to power this movement of transparency uh, when it comes to product marketing so yeah, weird. V&A put us in their exhibition. Uh, but what what is the provenance thing in the V&A exhibition? Yeah, so um, we are doing the provenance of the V&A coffee. So we worked with the uh, supplier of coffee at the V&A, um, and they yeah made it transparent, which is pretty interesting, and was quite a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, every cup of coffee you have at the V&A, um, at, which is after the gift shop um, at the exhibition, um, is is kind of fully traced and transparent using our software. Um, and we proved a kind of uh, a bunch of stuff about the origin of the coffee, inc- including some carbon neutrality along the way, which was particularly mm. exciting. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we brought that to life um, through through the cafe, through coffee cups, um, but then also in the exhibition. There's a video on uh, kind of showing the, the backstory of V&A Coffee and kind of how we worked with them to make it transparent. Um, so I think the future of food is quite, it could be quite a depressing topic, but I think there's also loads of like fun and interesting things to talk about. I was thinking on the way here about even just the generational difference from like my grandparents' generation. Um, they obviously all grew up in New Zealand, were growing all of their own food, like they ate everything super local to my parents generation and I I remember my mum telling me once when I was a kid that when she was a kid she didn't know how to use chopsticks because she'd obviously never seen chopsticks as a kid and I was my mind was blown as a child that anyone would not know how to use chopsticks because I've grown up in a world where that's as common as a fork Um it's yeah parents this is so nuts my, my parents went to America when they're in there like late teens, early 20s, and brought back suitcases of ranch dressing. I was like, that's so weird. Like, why? And, like, weird stuff from America, like blue cheese dressing, and, like, those are things that are, like, really? That's, like, like what? Like, why yeah. do you even like that, first of all? And secondly, like, why was that, like, so unique? Yeah. But, yeah, The weird. space at which this kind of stuff happens is kind of amazing. I was remembering my dad told me he grew up in Northern Ireland in Derry, and that... When they had a relative come visit from abroad, the relative was a vegetarian and all of the um, people in the town wanted to come to his house to meet someone, to meet the person because they'd never met a vegetarian. Like it was so alien to them. And they were just all these different people from Derry coming to ask them questions like, well, what do you eat? Like, <laughs> But even, I mean, even vegetarianism or veganism, and Leo, you can probably speak a bit yeah. more to this. But I was—I mean, that's—I'm going to see my dad on Friday, and he lives in the Loire Valley in rural France. And 
when I go to a restaurant, it's like, oh, does that mean like no chicken? Yes, correct. <laughs> Vegetarian <laughs> means no chicken. What about fish? Also no fish. That counts as an animal. So um, it is like pretty baffling. So I usually get a side of steamed vegetables pretty systematically at any restaurant that we go to. <laughs> That's like across the board. Yeah. But do you think it's it's coming soon to the rest of the country? Fr- yeah, I mean, it's definitely like Paris. I mean, I wasn't vegetarian. I was celiac, obviously, when I lived in Paris because um, that doesn't change um, but that Paris has improved with regards to that a little bit not a lot but it's now like more widely available to get gluten-free products um, for rural France I think we've got a bit of time before people yeah. know what that is mm. um, but yeah it's definitely spreading I'd say that like I don't know about generations but there seem to be a full circle perhaps in terms of in France there's like a real my dad will go to the market every Saturday and he will get fresh produce and I think he's always done that mm. and he I know he lived in well I, I know I know that because I was there but he lived <laughs> in England for for a few years um until I was seven and um it was one of the things that he really hated about living here was like the lack of the dearth mm. of fresh produce is it's either super expensive in the UK or not available and he lived well we lived in Kent um and there are maybe some vegetables, but in in France, there's just so much more on offer. You can feed yourself mm-hmm. through locally sourced mm-hmm. products all year round and have a really varied diet. Um, and I think maybe that's something where we're going full circle back towards is trying to focus on that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think we're all going to be growing our own food pretty soon? Not in London, there's like lead in the soil. <laughs> I refuse to do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, where, I guess. Yeah. That that would be the question. I guess space is an issue, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, the, if the intention's there, then I guess we can probably find a way. Maybe commute, Maybe it'll be more sort of shared communal spaces yeah. that people will use together to sort of... But then, I don't know if that would, that would work. I'd hope for that. I think that would make for a nice Sunday vegan roast. Yeah, or, or maybe we won't have to commute into work and we'll all start moving back out to farms. Yes. And do all our day jobs just online and yeah. spend the rest of the afternoon tending to our chickens. Chomping on carrots. <laughs> it could <Yeah>. work. <laughs> or we'll all live in space because we'll destroy this planet and have to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In space, because your nasal passages get really blocked up, you can't really taste food as How much. How do you know that? <laughs> it's unimportant why I know that, but it's true. <laughs> that in space, they eat a lot of chili because you can't really? taste as much because your sinuses are all kind of blocked oh, up. What a great fact. Yeah. This is the future of spicy. Yeah. <laughs> this is me yeah. in the summertime because of all my allergies. Yeah. I, I eat a lot spicier. <laughs> but spicy is an interesting one because I feel like we're, as humans, this is something I worry about, I feel like we're growing tolerance to chili quite mm. easily. Mm, yeah. And then you want a hotter and a hotter and mm-hmm. hotter chili. And that seems like it's a- like antibiotics resistance, basically, but for hot chilies. It's really <laughs> terrifying. It is, though, right? But then they'll keep genetically modifying them so they get hotter and hotter and hotter until we can't taste any other food. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> I accidentally had a whole bunch of ghost chili hot sauce on a burrito recently, so I wonder what, what that's done to the future of my taste spicing buds. taste buds. Mm. Yeah, it's probably done some damage, but fingers crossed but it was it was pretty intense I could see why people get addicted like it was an intense adrenaline rush and like you got waves of heat coming up through your body like it was yeah it was quite it was kind of alarming and then I just had an ice cream and I just like pressed it against my lips for ages just to calm it down but yeah it was 
pretty good. That was an intense day for you. Yeah. I mean, exciting times. Could get I, thrills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Work was boring that day. So. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah, it was good. What are you guys looking forward to in the future of food? I mean, really just the joy of introducing my my mum to um, more vegan... Ca- I'm not a vegan, by the way, but I live next to um, a vegan cafe, which I love, in Bethnal Green. It's called the Gallery Cafe. Do, they do a bang-in um, curry, and it's pretty reasonably priced. I really love this cafe. Mum was like, you know, you've moved here. I want to, like, you know, get to know the area that you're in, your life. I want to be immersed. And I was like, sure. Um, Glaswegian woman, so the Scots love their tea. They like it. They like it strong, you know, in a certain way. So I was like, brought her to this cafe. Just didn't really think, and then she ordered a. She was just realised that she couldn't get a cup of tea, like the way that it's meant to be. Because mm. um, it's vegan. Because it's vegan. Oh, so, yeah. she, so they were offering. They said, you know, you can have oat milk, and she was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not put oat in the milk. Let, what's happening here? Those two things just don't... That's not a marriage. Um, so I was like, you know, just give it give it a go. It's the most kind of, you know, milky one. I think yeah. that's the thing, is to find the milkiest mm. milk. Yeah. Milkiest non-milk, you yeah. know? She got on board, but... I had to take her back to my flat to make her yeah. a, a standard brew with her. But then you could really go for the because lots of different nut milks go really well with different teas. That's the thing. Like if you have an Earl Grey with coconut milk, oh, game changer. Honestly, fragrant as well. It's lovely. Mm. It's a delight. Yeah. Really recommend it. But I mean, the milk, the whole milk alternative thing is a future trend mm-hmm. that we should all be banking on because you can make whatever milk it's just yep. the water that you use to wash the thing with exactly and i'm surprised that there aren't more variants i was in dublin and they had pistachio milk everywhere mm-hmm. i was like how has pistachio milk not made it to london yet <laughs> you that can make like pea milk super london pistachio milk yeah and it's everywhere in dublin but not here why not suddenly. that yeah. sounds like the fancy of the milks mm-hmm. you know yeah. I also sometimes wonder when human breast milk is going to become a thing that we. Will I drink. think it's already a thing. Yeah, it's like a thing. for babies. Definitely. For babies, yeah, yes, yeah. but for adults. Oh, but yeah. people buy that camel milk, right? Raw camel milk. Do they? There's like a black market for it. Wow. Yeah, Because yeah. wow. it's like super wholesome. Mm. It's There's like also a really good. Breast milk. Black, like market. black market. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but it's mostly totally. for women who can't make it themselves. So people Seems a little bit more trade. legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm like the alternative milk thing is so popular and I'm I've been really slow to jump on that train and now it's like when they ask you what coffee you want, what milk you want, mm. I'm like, Oh, just milk. And I'm always like cow milk. I'm like, it should be milk plus alternatives. If I say milk it should be accepted. <laughs> You really know. <laughs> I know. I'm in East London, I just need to learn. <laughs> Oat is default, I think. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> And so, Anna, we were talking earlier about if the sea levels rise, what we're going to be eating. What um, what future foods can we be looking forward to out of the deep sea? Well, I hope everybody likes jellyfish. Um, yeah, I think about most fish that we eat now, um, like kind of think of like cod and salmon, due to like a few, few factors to do with climate change, one with like temperatures of the oceans, rising sea levels, all these things. Um, means we're going to have to look for some more alternatives. So the big things are going to be anything with seaweed. It's going to be very popular. Mm. Um, and yeah, jellyfish. It's going to make a. I was going to say it's going to make a comeback. I don't think it ever had a <laughs> had a time. But uh, jellyfish is going to be a new thing. So I've never tried it. 
I'm hoping it's like calamari. I bet it's not. What, what do you eat jellyfish with? Seaweed. <laughs> and all different algae Jellyfish products. ramen, I'm telling you. Pistachio milk. It's going to be big. <laughs> pistachio milk jellyfish ramen. I mean, yeah, I wonder if it's because of the substance of it. Maybe you know how tofu is used in a lot of things just because of the substance and not the mm. taste. Maybe that's what jellyfish will be. Hmm, a hyper-absorbent food yeah. stuff. Yeah, I wonder will it taste fish? Like, to, in my head, for some reason, I think jellyfish is going to be bland. I think yeah. it's going to taste like jelly. Like it's going to be like the fat jelly. on a pork shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't, we're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I think we come become accustomed to these things quite fast, though. My uncle was telling me that aubergines only really made, like, their big break in the UK in, like, the 80s, 90s. And before that, we were all, like, having, like, seasonal products i say we i mean i was born in france but sure like the british um uh and so like things like aubergines he, peppers are like very new to the brits as mm. well like all these things are like oh capsicum definitely yeah yeah mm. we need to teach them how to say it capsicum not pepper. i don't know what that is Capsicums. capsicum is the word for what peppers. english people describe as peppers like the yellow the and red oh, ones oh really yeah oh wow um yeah because they're so new they haven't Created yes, a word for it. It looks a bit like that. Other yeah, but so I wonder if like aubergines, for example, are more popular because of emojis. Like it's like a <laughs> probably thing, a thing that's more present in your life. So do you think about it more? Yeah. When you're at the supermarket, I do, definitely. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> are you in a very like penis emoji friendship yeah. group? <laughs> no, I have just to have like you scroll now. through the if you scroll through the food emojis enough, you end up eating a lot of the dishes. You eat a lot more sushi, number one. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if you're texting someone about lunch and then yeah, there's sushi emojis. It's so. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. decision made. Do you wonder if the future of food's going to get more trendy? Like when you talk about aubergine, but like remember like the blow up of kale. And yeah. which also I'm obsessed with the story where the PR woman took credit for making kale a thing. What's that story? Oh, so there's a woman <laughs> who basically said like, oh, she worked with the Kale Association and she credits herself as making kale popular. And all these different like magazines and newspapers just took her on her word from this PR magazine. Um, and like the New York Times wrote a piece about how she made kale a thing. And then someone did an investigation and was like, the Kale Association doesn't exist. She made it up as a client. <laughs> yeah, but wow. sometimes these things are actually true. Yeah. The Avocado Association Yeah, exists. Yeah. No, the kale one was fake, but I think other ones Literally, my fave story is about the Norwegian government who invented salmon sushi. They did. They Ooh. invented it. Isn't that amazing? There was no salmon sushi before the Norwegian government invented it in the 80s to sell more salmon. Wow. That's nuts. That's the true fact. I associate salmon with sushi. Yeah. That's not Japanese. Not legit. That's amazing. No, because yeah. salmon sushi in Japan is really, really disgusting. It was really rare because yeah. all the salmon's coming from Norway. <laughs> and it's only started in the 80s. Wow, Japanese people must come to Europe and be like, what are they doing? Well, no, they've adopted it. It was so successful. Wow. I mean, that was the whole ploy to try and get Japan to buy salmon. Wow. So they invented salmon sushi. Oh, my goodness. It's nuts. What a story. Very successful. Yeah. Well done to Norway. Yeah. So the future of food is in conglomerate, like food marketing. Excellent <laughs> marketing campaigns. Yeah. The from from the Jellyfish Association. <laughs> the Jellyfish Association, exactly. That's Definitely. Almost our show over, but before, um, before we end it, I just want to go around. Is there any, any future food that everyone's super excited about trying? I, for one, have never tried dandelion, and I've heard that that's going to be mm. because there are weeds and they're everywhere. Mm, so I, I um, went camping once and I had to eat a lot of yarrow and 
I assume that dandelion tastes similar and I'm not excited about anything in that sort of region of food, as in like wild herby weedy type stuff but it's good when it's around a lot like when it's your a, palate adapts to something that you I'm can not questioning its ubiquity <laughs> I'm questioning how delicious it is and if you give me that and some dairy milk I will pick the dairy milk because I'm not vegan but yeah hmm what am I is anyone else excited about anything like dandelion I mean the jellyfish has really got me thinking because mainly the um do they have tentacles don't they would you say? Yeah. Not yeah. quite? Kind of yeah, like a thin sort of, tentacle? Yeah. Like a sort yeah. of a string? Yeah. yeah. Strings, if you will. Wafer thin. Wafer thin tentacles. Yeah. Jellyfish are classically wafer thin tentacles. Yeah, just picturing them in a ramen or a soup and just getting on board with that idea. I mean, it might be quite fun to try and pick up with chopsticks, right? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, a fun food, yeah. you know? Good date food, that. Jellyfish ramen. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I'm intrigued. I can't wait for my kids to try it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, any I, I'm quite into the lab-grown meat. I don't want to really try it. In fact, I don't even really want to eat it. I just want to see it being grown and like printed and stuff. You know, biological printers, amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible that that's happening. Yeah, and don't they make it bleed? Gen. Like they use like beetroot juice. Like it really looks. Oh, that's like an yeah. impossible burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which what? feels a little unnecessary, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how excited I am about eating all these algae and seaweed things, but I'm excited to be ahead of a food trend, so I'm going to try and get on board with that. I always get the Itsu packets. I love eating seaweed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm super excited about that one. There's loads of good new seaweed products, actually. Uh, Mm. I know someone that's just bought out a seaweed jerky. Good Mm. snacking. A kuya. Good, good one for your mum, Esther, next time she's in a vegan cafe lounge. Absolutely. (laughs) Seaweed milk in the tea. (laughs) I imagine, I think in the future, like... I eat a lot of crap, like crisps and chocolate. Um, so I think in the future, maybe like savory things that are healthy for me, but in tiny portions, so that they're fun to eat. Mm. But then that means I also imagine the future being like going to the supermarket and getting huge bags of stuff so that there's like less packaging. So I don't know how that works in conjunction with that also dream, but I imagine like tiny foods i don't know yeah. it feels mm. futuristic but maybe from the 80s yeah but you could like do um bulk shopping with tinier packages yes for yeah. example bulk bulk tiny <laughs> food mm-hmm. little bento boxes that you take to fill up with lentils i would love that not with lentils with like i'm imagining um like little omelets cut into squares Ooh, for yeah. snacks all right, we're going to have to end it there. But you have been listening to Very Loose Women live on Resonance 104.4 FM. Our podcast is at acast.com slash verylooswomen. Um, and you can find us all over the internet at VLW Radio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, this episode was produced by myself, Anna Rose, and audio engineering by John at Resonance. And you'll hear from us again in the future. <laughs>